Hi, friends. Welcome to week three of our Christmas party. Are you having the best time? I'm having the best time. Um, I should tell you, my name is Annie F. Downs. I'm the host of this That Sounds Fun Christmas party slash podcast. It's both to me currently. Here I am sitting in our lovely little studio in Nashville, Tennessee with my almond milk chai, just feeling all sorts of Christmassy. I'm sending you lots of red and green confetti, just shooting it through your earbuds. I wish that was true. I wish I could actually mail you confetti, but I cannot. Um, We have had the best time the last couple of weeks with different people coming on the podcast to celebrate the holidays with us. We started out with Landon from Living with Landon, and she told us how to decorate our homes. Last week was such a beautiful episode with um, Amanda Bible Williams and Rachel Myers from She Reads Truth talking about Advent. I don't know about y'all, but I've really, really enjoyed thinking about Advent through some of the things they talked about and said to us. And and I decorated not just my living room, but my kitchen and my guest room, just like Landon told me. You guys, I'm actually using the knowledge we're gaining. Aren't you proud of me? I hope you are too. <laughs> I hope you are using some of this information and also having a great time, whether you're you know, on your treadmill or in the car or walking to class or wherever you are and you're letting us join you. You've joined us for the party. I'm really grateful. Today, we have a really fun and really special episode with one of my very favorite authors. One of everyone's favorite authors, I think is kind of true, Anne Voskamp. Anne's first book, 1,000 Gifts, was on the New York Times bestseller list for something like every week of our lives or something. I mean, just constantly, everybody wants that book, and understandably, it's wonderful. But Anne also has a new book out called The Broken Way that is really beautiful, and I've loved, loved reading it. She also has two Christmas books, which was one of the main reasons I wanted to chat with her here at our Christmas party. It's like we refilled our almond milk chai and just walked over to a different section of the party. Maybe Anne is standing like where the Christmas tree is with the train running around the bottom. That feels right. So Anne's over there, so we're going to walk over there and talk to Anne about her Christmas books as well, The Greatest Gift, which is like a devotional, and then Unwrap the Greatest Gift, Unwrapping the Greatest Gift. That is our children's book that's really beautiful. So um, we'll just stand here by the tree and the train and listen to a fun conversation with Anne Voskamp. <laughs> well, Anne, welcome to the That Sounds Fun podcast. We're so happy you're here. I am thrilled. Who doesn't want to land on a podcast called That Sounds Like Fun? <laughs> right? I know. That is that is my hope, is that people go, that sounds fun. Okay, that sounds fun. <laughs> it's so Annie. It's like perfect for oh, Annie. thanks. Yeah, I know. I think so, too. I appreciate it. it. You know, I just can't start something that's like, that sounds important. I'm like, no, that's not me. <laughs> Even though, luckily, we hit important things every time. Um, how is the weather in Canada today? You know what? It's been today. It's been there's no snow on the ground, but there's been lots of snowflakes in the air sort of just drifting about. And it's we've had a beautiful fall. Really, really. Have you? I mean, it's been just crazy warm, but we shifted last night and it's cold and it's damp, but it's okay. You know what, Annie? It's like the second of December here. We can totally right. roll with, with right. cold now. Bring on the snow and the Christmas carols. And then by the end of January, I'm going to say, why in the world do we live here? But anyways. <laughs> right. Do you know a friend of mine the other day said, why are the leaves so big this year? They feel like they're huge. And oh, I think wow. it's because they stayed on the trees for so long. Wow. They just kept growing, you know, because our leaves down here have been massive. Okay. Now you, you had drought though. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We've yeah. had a drought. So, but so the leaves have probably just been hanging on for dear life. Like, don't let us fall. We're so thirsty. <laughs> yeah. 
and 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 no no cold yet no winter in sight i mean not even a lick of winter yet i mean today it's like it's chillier as in i really needed long sleeves all day but that's the oh, coldness. Oh, I'm level really of it. feeling it for you there, Annie. <laughs> I know, right? It's very hard. I really but, suffer. But, when everybody's been like, hurry up with the winter, I'm like, you know, you know it's gonna come, right? Like we're not it's not gonna forget. Enjoy that we can still be outside. <laughs> what what's the temperature today? Um fifty eight. Wow. What is it for y'all? Um, we'll be for us be right around freezing. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's really cold. I, my bones just weren't made for that, man. You can handle it. I was not made for that life. I cannot imagine. I mean, you know when it gets like that is when I don't even go out for groceries. I'm like, oh, someone bring me food. <laughs> like, it's too cold oh, to be anybody. Oh, it's okay. Us hardy, us hardy folk will That's right. the northern climes, Annie. It's fine. <laughs> that is right. Okay, and y'all have Thanksgiving at a different time of year than America, Okay, wait. Right? Can we discuss this? This is... Canadians yes. don't get a lot right, but this every year I go, man, I don't know how those Americans do it. We have Thanksgiving. <laughs> the this the what is that? Always the second Monday of October, if I've gotten that right. Or maybe okay. it's the first Monday. It usually lands like between seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth of October. Okay. Okay. And then and then so we sort of have this fall harvest feast of great Thanksgiving. We then we put away all the Thanksgiving decorations. We have a little bit, bit of an exhale. We hit the middle uh-huh. of November and we're ready for Christmas. And so you y'all poor don't folks. Do th- I know. We'd knock them back to back, don't we? I don't understand. <laughs> do y'all do Halloween? So do you do Thanksgiving, yeah. Halloween, Yeah, Christmas? we do Thanksgiving. And so then our fall decorations stay out. We do Halloween. So then after, so by the second week of, first week of November, you sort of turn around, get yourself all the fall decorations away, pull out Christmas. So by the middle of November, we're ready for Christmas. And you poor people still have to hang on to fall decorations, have Thanksgiving dinner and flip around. Like every American woman deserves a gold medal. I do not know how they do it. For turning a home so quickly from one season to another. I know. I know. And, you know, I grew up in my hometown and lived in my hometown until I was 28. And so I had never um, lived a life like I do now where where I don't stay at my house for the holiday. So now what I do is I decorate before I leave, like before I leave for Thanksgiving. So when I come home for Thanksgiving, it's like fairies have been elves. Elves have been there. (laughs) But I like the idea. So y'all get to decorate for Christmas like mid-November with no shame. With no shame at all, Annie, like none. And wow. all you poor people going, well, we're playing Christmas carols and I know it's before Thanksgiving. And I'm like, come on, right. it's the middle we're of so November. Apologetic. You can do this. We switched roles, Anne. We switched roles. Oh, Aren't the Americans the one who usually do whatever they want and the Canadians <laughs> yeah. apologize? Well, and you know what? Americans usually get everything right. And this one, I just go, oh, okay, boy. y'all need a lesson on how to do this. Just back <laughs> it up a little so what bit. So what, what do y'all celebrate at Thanksgiving? Is it the, is it the same as us? Well, see, is that's it the, the founding thing. of so the our, new world? Our, oh, yeah. See, our kids go ahead. So our kids are on online classes from grade six on. So they have a live teacher yes. and students from all over the world. But generally, they're American students. So Levi is asking them. Levi is 15. Levi is asking them this year. So you're all celebrating Thanksgiving. And we celebrate Thanksgiving to, to all the things we're grateful for. All the things we're thankful for. And there's like dead space <laughs> when Levi says this. And he's got students who go, well, no, we're not celebrating what we're thankful for. We're celebrating, you know, the pilgrims coming. Uh-huh. Like oh wow! Like right. that was like a hit. Like is that is that legit, Annie? 
I mean, yeah, that's what we teach in school for sure is this is like a big, long table with pilgrims and Indians sitting together sharing the cornucopia. Yeah. (laughs) See, see, we we celebrate that for Thanksgiving as in, yes, we came as European immigrants slash refugees and we met the the Native Americans here, but it's not like an event per se or a date per se. And it's really about you calling. Sorry, go ahead. What did I say wrong? Gee, I'm trying I lo- so no, hard, I love- Annie. <laughs> no, 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 no. I love you calling pilgrims refugees because well, they- it just reshapes. They were. I know. Well, I were. heard you slap your leg. <laughs> <laughs> you know me too well. Yes, they were. They were. They were, they were religiously persecuted in Europe yes. and yes. have decided to flee. I mean, they, they're refugees. Flee with nothing. I mean, they brought with nothing. nothing. It's not and like came they packed up their nothing. homes. Yeah. And I just, I think, you know, that, that, that for this particular cultural moment, I think mm-hmm. to pause mm-hmm. and to say, this is where we came from and we just have so much to be grateful for thus, yeah. thus here. Let's yep. go ahead and build a longer table, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. and do you remember, I assume y'all have PBS, right? Do y'all have public, I'm, I'm acting like you don't live in a world that speaks English. <laughs> but we have a station on television called yes, PBS. Yes, called PBS. You do, Annie. You um, know what, Annie? And, you know what we should do? We should have a test sometime. All the things I know oh. about the United States, and you have to have a test about all you know about Canadians. Oh, that I'm seems... glad you're laughing, because I think I win. <laughs> I, uh, Yeah, you win. And last week, I got got even American shamed by the girls from She Reads Truth because I was like, Alexander Hamilton, the president, right? They were like, no. I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to what I know, glitter and tea, hot tea and football. Um, and and lovely things, lovely, but, right. lovely so things. So PBS <laughs> used to have a TV show called Colonial House and 1912 oh, okay. House. Do you remember all those? Did you ever see no, those? No, see, I know nothing. See, PBS doesn't oh, actually... Man. Oh, really? It's amazing. Listen, because they made modern day people live like oh, wow. they were in the in a colonial house in okay. A and did they house. did they die? Oh, they did a they did one out west. Um, I can't remember what that one's called, but it was like a west you know westward expansion, and yes. and the uh, the modern day Americans could not <sighs> hang. I mean, it was so hard. So the colonial well, house probably reminded- all from the south, and they couldn't handle the cold. Annie. <laughs> that's it. That's it. They're like, or in the summer, they're like, "Where's the air conditioner? <laughs> if it's we so are, this isn't going to work." It's so I can't true, believe, though, I think right? That'd be a show that your family would so be into. It's so it, it was so. Interesting. I am I wonder totally where they going to look that up because you know what? Yeah. It's true. Could we go ahead and actually survive without? Without geothermal heat, yeah, Annie. that's it. They had no modern technology. I mean, really, they drop you and your family. They did like five or six families that didn't know each other, and they dropped them oh, all into wow. this historically accurate experience. And, no, that, that's, and that's like a better version crazy. of like Survivor. Yeah, it is. It's a more, well, for history nerds like me, it's for yes. sure cooler than Survivor. Because you're like, oh my gosh, that guy, that wife is cooking all day long. And that guy is literally... Okay. Chopping wood every single day. But you know what? And there's things we, we think, you know, it's 2016, progress. We're, we're getting smarter. And But, you know, right. ask me to make cheese. I have no idea how to make cheese. Like, there really are. <laughs> there are lost arts that we really have Leave no idea. Leave me I- alone with milk and cheesecloth and I'm not going to have anything for you. <laughs> I don't even know if those are the right ingredients. <laughs> I just, I do think there are lost arts. So there are things we think we know so much more about now. And we, mm-hmm. th- there, there is uh, us yeah. on 
information overload, but there's so like, yeah. if I don't have Google, I don't understand anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you know, I just did an, uh, another conversation this morning with, for, for an interview and, and the guy I was saw saying, your was, Instagram. Yeah, that looked fun. very interesting. It was really fun. And the two men both said they don't look at their telephones. They wake up between four and five in the morning and they don't look at their phones at all until nine. Wow. Right. So even though they're all on every social media thing, they were like, we, we don't need that to get our, we don't need that modern technology to get our day started. We get up and we work out and we pray and we read our Bibles and we eat breakfast and we see our friend, you know, like we see our family. We do not touch our phones until nine o'clock. And I'm so quick to like, I like roll over and open Twitter, you know? Okay. Wait, wait. I want to go back. They get up at four to five. What time are they going to every- bed? Morning. Listen, one of the guys, Ben Tankard, who is awesome. He's on a Bravo show, um, like a Real Housewives kind of show. He says he gets up. He says he gets up at four. And then Matt Mayberry, who's an author and a public speaker, says he gets up at five no matter what time he goes to bed the night before. He was oh, like, so if like, I get two or three hours of sleep, I still get up at five. I was like, I don't know that. Life, it's a brother. hard stop. It's, I mean, they, they're rolling yeah. at four or five no matter what. Yeah. I was going to say, come on, I've got a two-year-old who's up through the night. Give me a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the guys, Ben has adult children, so he has no little children at home, and okay. Matt is not married. So I think that is quite the factor into it okay. as well. But still, the discipline. Still. I mean, John Acuff gets up real early, and he has two girls that are you know 10 and 11 or 11 and 12, middle school and, yeah, and yeah. elementary school. Okay, yeah, I'm you calling you tomorrow morning at four. I'm <laughs> calling you tomorrow morning at four. <laughs> you're, I, you're one of my special friends that could get through, but most would get do not disturb. So from my days of doing college ministry, when people thought they needed to tell me things at two o'clock in the morning, I have put my phone oh, on do not I mean, not seriously, disturb. Annie yeah. solves the world at two o'clock in the no, morning. No, Annie, Annie makes bad, bad, gives bad advice <laughs> at two o'clock in the morning. She's like, yeah, do whatever you want. Call me in the morning. And then, you know. You have graffiti all over the side of your house. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, but yeah, idea, so watching, I mean, I, I just think the simplicity of life without, I mean, because I've listened to them and I thought, oh, I'm going to stop looking at my phone before I've done a few things in the morning because there is some simplicity about starting your day without technology, not trying to make cheese, but, you know, just starting your day maybe more quietly. Do you, I mean, how do you I, do that? You, you've seen I to think, live you know, I do think it's life. really, really important to have rhythms that are the same rhythms every day that that sort of, I think the rhythm goes ahead and (laughs) sort of cuts off the tyranny of the urgent at the knees. If you have, if you can live into those rhythms and I think those rhythms are really stabilizing. They're like anchors. And then you, you, you step into, I know I was going to, it was a guy and I'm totally now, isn't that awful? Do you do that, Annie, where you have a great article that you've left open on the browser yep. and then your computer crashes and you and go, gone. now how do I find that <laughs> right. great idea? Yeah. Yep. You're like, I can't even remember his name or what the title of the article was, but I but wish I But you know what the great <laughs> thing is? The great thing is if you can remember who you think shared it on Facebook. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Which I'm trying really hard to remember right now, oh Annie. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah, I think, and he was writing just about how important it was to go ahead and have the same rhythms every morning before you mm-hmm. hit social media. Man, that's so, I mean, that that's going to have to be, you know, I don't do New Year's uh, resolutions. I do right. New Year's experiments. And so that oh, might be one of that, my Annie. Names. Yeah, because you want to know how an experiment ends. And so you don't quit. 
right? And so okay. that's that's why There's I changed. There's a reason why you're kind of brilliant. Honey. <laughs> that was pretty brilliant. So I think I'm going to add this like don't look at your phone in the morning thing to my New Year's experiment for 2017. Okay, wait a second. It was more than that, though. You have to get up between four and five. Yeah, I got to get up between four and five. Yeah, <laughs> those two guys are going to have to give me give me till eight. Because if you wake up at eight forty five and you only have to wait till nine, it's really <laughs> it's not quite the discipline one would hope, right? <laughs> well, the experiment's oh not really going to yield a whole lot. There. Weirdly, my life has not changed that much, but those fifteen minutes are sure reflective. <laughs> oh you know gosh. what, though, honestly, even if you had those fifteen minutes, Annie. Yeah. Right. Okay, so right. here's the interesting. Think, We're doing yeah. that. You're the third week of a five week party. We're throwing on the That Sounds Fun podcast, a Christmas party. Normally, hey. we only do episodes every other week, but this this month, I just went crazy and we're throwing a party. So, t- so the reason I bring that up is to say, tell me about some of your Christmas like patterns or yeah. the, what are the things you do? Because I feel like moms particularly can absolutely lose their minds at the holidays. Yeah, you know so what, what? I don't. What do you have? <laughs> I think um, because you have a two-year-old and a twenty-two-year-old, right? I do. So. Gee, that makes me feel so old. It's kind of <laughs> crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what though? I think I think there's things on social media that can make you feel really crazy right now. I think Pinterest mm-hmm. can make you feel really crazy. Yeah. Um, I see thinking seeing everyone else decked out to the nines. And you think, and everyone's doing wonderful things. And you think, I've got to do all these things. Right. And I think, and where I came from, Annie, our home, oh, man. Good people. I think all parents are just doing the best they can with what they've been given. That's right. And I just think that they they came from hard places. Mm -hmm. But I think Christmas, especially for my mom, was a really painful experience. Sure. So a Christmas tree didn't go up until... Oh, some nights. Lots of times it was Christmas Eve. Really? <laughs> um, um, and presents. You got pre- we mom always did presents, but lots of times presents were in the same grocery bag over and over again for each person mm-hmm. delivered. Christmas was yeah. just super, super painful. So I think for m- me, it's been really important with my kids. Tradition. Mm-hmm. I just I want them more than being excited about we're I'm going to get something. I'm going to experience something. Right. <laughs> and I think um, that for me has been really important. So for us, um, for us, I guess the last, oh, Annie, right now, this does make me feel old. Um, Caleb <laughs> is 22. So so I guess when oh Caleb was five, he, I guess there's three big things that have changed things for Christmas for us. Number one, right. when Caleb was five, he asked us, hey, if this is, Je-, we were talking to me in one night and he said, hey, if this is Jesus' birthday, why am I getting all the presents? Oh, and you're wow. like, huh, look here, kid, don't ask dumb questions. <laughs> 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 it really shook me up. Yeah. And I didn't have a good, I didn't have a good answer. And I talked to you, you know, well, you know, Jesus wants us to give to each other. And Je- and Caleb said, um, well, I don't know what we, what we read at, at, in Sunday school, mom, was that if you want to give to Jesus, you give to the least of these. So if it's Jesus' birthday, why aren't we giving to the least of these? Oh my gracious! I, thought, I like. Oh my goodness! The kid is going to mess up Christmas on us. What is he doing? <laughs> right, you're like. I'm like, finally it, able to throw Christmas the way I want right? to. And this guy, <laughs> right. Annie, Annie. That was exactly how I felt. Like I, I just bet. felt. Like, oh my goodness! I was hyperventilating. Um, 
So Caleb decided at five, he said, you know, I don't want presents. We need to go ahead and find out who we can give presents to and we're giving it for Jesus' birthday. Oh, so wow. we did we did exactly what we did like an experiment. We said, okay, for one year we will try this out. And we oh, will just go cool. ahead and give gifts away as opposed to so it's still all kinds of gift gifting, gift giving to the neighbors, gift giving at church. We went ahead and did like the Samaritan's Purse catalog, the Compassion yeah, International yeah. catalog, the World Vision catalog. And every morning, Daryl would say, okay, we have so much money to spend today. And they would all go ahead and negotiate where we were going to spend the money. Or they would say, oh. okay, we're saving up for like a, a chicken or a duck or rabbits or whatever. And so this was like two weeks before Christmas. Every morning at breakfast, they did this. The kids loved it. And Daryl mm. and I said, huh. This isn't this isn't terrible. We're gift giving all of the time. It just wasn't gift giving insular to us. It was gift giving out all the time. And then on Christmas morning, I was really stressed about oh, what do you do for Christmas morning? Christmas morning, we had like the biggest breakfast bash in the whole world that was this yeah. and which were which has stayed as this huge, like our biggest meal of the year is Christmas morning. And and that sort of became what Christmas was. <laughs> then the second thing that we did was we did, um, I think Caleb would have been about the same age when I started. We did the Jesse tree, which was going back yeah. to Isaiah 11, where Jesse is it was cut off and this new shoot comes up. And, and so we go ahead and we start in Genesis. And I, I, I mean, I think I wrote it like four or five times, Annie, as the oh, kids wow. were older. So when it, starting in Genesis, all of these stories till the birth of Jesus, because I want it, if your Christmas tree is really going to stand. It has to have roots. It has to go right back to the beginning. Look at look at all of these stories all through the Old Testament. Everything is telling us about Jesus coming. So when we got to Christmas morning, first of all, you didn't miss Jesus. It was all about Jesus all through Advent. And second of all, you realize, you know, this is our story. Like, this isn't a baby that just falls out of nowhere. Like, this has been the prophecies right from the beginning of time. Our kids, it was the highlight of their year. Every year was because you were going to hit all the high points all the way through the Old Testament to land at Christmas. And we would right. use all these ornaments and fill the Christmas tree up so that our, our Christmas tree basically told the gospel. People would come in and go, oh, wow. You've got like a, a whale on your tree. Why do you have a whale yeah, on the tree? Yeah, I was about to say, did y'all create oh. the ornaments? Did the kids yeah, make the, them? It's funny. It was crazy. This Christmas when I went to go ahead and put up the ornaments, pull out this big Rubbermaid container, and I, I find this box at the bottom, and like the, the, all these hand-drawn ornaments from the kids from like oh, 1998, 1999. Yeah. So I'm like, wow, we've been doing this forever. Like long before I started to blog or write yeah. at all. Like right. this, was, this was us. And I just... Um, so now to get to go ahead and take, like, Dayspring has beautiful ornaments from Unwrapping the Greatest Gift and the Greatest Gift. But, and you think, like, this is like full circle for me. I'm just so thrilled that so many other families can go ahead and really, and because so many Christmases, Annie, it's easy to get to Christmas and go, wow, I sort of miss Jesus in the midst mm-hmm. of all of this. Yep. And yeah. um, so I actually last year, last summer, I went ahead and read Unwrapping the Greatest Gift um, on audio, so you can go ahead and buy the CD. So if it's crazy and harried that night and you can't read to the kids, mm-hmm. you can put the CD in and, and I get to read to the <laughs> I get to read to the kids. Man, you. I'm kind of happy to hear that because I'm about to do a drive for a couple hours. I'm like, I'm <laughs> going to download go. and reading <laughs> Unwrap the Greatest Gift to me. Unwrapping the Greatest Gift. And I, I think it was really neat. For the Jesse Tree, we didn't start that way. What came out first was the Greatest Gift because I think so often as adults, we think, Christmas has to be about, if I don't have kids or it's all for the kids and it's all about kids. And if right. it, I don't have kids or my kids are older, I sort of get miss Christmas. Mm-hmm. So we wrote the greatest gift. We wanted, we wanted adults to have the wonder and the awe of, of the coming of God mm-hmm. and to really step into the beauty of Christmas again. So it's been really exciting to see 
My mom reads. Actually, she gets in the morning every every morning um, during Advent. She gets on the phone and she talks to my granny, who just turned ninety five, oh, and reads gracious. the devotion from the Greatest Gift every morning to her. And it gets to bring Christmas to her. So I think you know it's better for us to go ahead to do the Greatest Gift and for for parents to realize, wow, I really. I really didn't miss Jesus, and I want this for my yeah. kids, and then to go ahead and do unwrapping the greatest gift. So I think doing the Jesse tree, looking at gifts, how do we give to people? I think we, we receive the most when we give to others. So doing it that yeah. way where it was Jesus' birthday and we give to the least of these and being really cognizant and intentional about that. And then I think the last thing was for us, well, you just we just sent you one, Annie. There's um, the 24-hole, yes. 25-hole oh, wooden advent. That's exactly you know what? what I just written down to ask you to tell me about because I <laughs> well, you know what? It was, love it. I saw it on Instagram last night. A mom posted a picture, and she said, you know, every year I get to Christmas, and I hate Christmas because the perfectionism monster in me comes out, and I yeah. need to do Advent so big and Christmas so amazing for all my kids. And it just absolutely—I hit paralysis. Perfectionism sure. often makes you sort of just hit paralysis and not do right. anything. Right. And she said, the last three years, what I do is I take out— this 24-hole, 25-hole wooden advent wreath. Put it on the table, one candle. There's Mary on Joseph. That's a little wooden mm-hmm. silhouette. So it's mm-hmm. Mary on Joseph's, or on the donkey's back, not Joseph's back. <laughs> Yeah, Joseph gave her a piggy ride. Did you guys, no. piggyback ride, did you guys know that? <laughs> all the way to Egypt. Or I mean, all the way, so, all the way to Egypt. All the way to Bethlehem. Bethlehem. So, so she just she says, all I do is just, every night, all I have to do is light the candle, move Mary and that donkey a little bit closer to Bethlehem. And she says, this is Advent. My kids love it the absolute most. And she said, I don't have to do anything else. And I think having something for us, just, you know, if everything else bombs during the day, if I light the candle, move the candle one more hole closer to Bethlehem, move Mary and the donkey one more, then I am anticipating the coming of Christ. And I think that, that little Advent wreath, just every day lighting it, it makes me keep company with Jesus, mm-hmm. and it reminds me, what is the season really about? So those yeah. doing those three things has just really calmed my Christmas down where I don't feel frenetic at all anymore, that I don't—the giving is about giving to, to the neighbors, mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to the elderly at church, to go ahead and give to the least of these. And the kids find this the most, the most exciting. And then you know what we do on January 1st? New Year. We exchange New Year gifts. But you know what? Every year, it shocks me, Annie. Go ahead and shift the date. And mm-hmm. we go ahead and give gifts on New Year's Day. And all of a sudden, all the expectation is off. And the, everyone's and happy joy. with joy. Uh, total joy. Imagine. Everyone's happy. Yeah. A new pair of socks. A good book. We play board games. We eat good yeah. food. We watch the the, the um, Rose Bowl parade. And, and, and that, so the kids get to exchange gifts. But doing it on New Year's Day, just shifting it. And so Christmas is just about... Jesus' birthday has just yeah. changed everything for us, which, you yeah. know, I understand that's totally counterculture <laughs> and upside down. And it's a terrifying, and I mean, seriously, I hyperventilated when we started to make this shift. Yeah. But it's a, like, it really has been the most fulfilling experience. Yeah. And I'll tell you the wreath, one of the things, so last night uh, you had left me a message and said, you had talked about Emmanuel, Jesus, God yes. with you. And that, God and then that's with. y'all's hope for the wreath. And I, I mean, I yes. didn't read a minute of the Bible. I didn't turn on any worship music. I literally yeah. made hot tea and I sat on the couch yeah. and I lit the candle and I moved one spot and I just sat there. You know, Isn't and, that and beautiful? Yeah. And I just thought this is Advent for me today. Advent this for me is, is just looking at a little flame to remember that yes. God is with us. And God is with us. The light, light that, light that little candle. 
the flame comes, those living in darkness, the dawn has risen. I just think that if we can just go ahead, be still and just know that He's God, we don't have to, I think so often we think Christmas is something we have to produce, something we have to make. And no, mm-hmm. Christmas comes to us. All we have to do is just open our hearts and receive it. We don't have mm-hmm. to make it or perform it or buy it or produce it at all. That's good. And at the same time, I really appreciate Hallmark Christmas movies. So I appreciate that they <laughs> produce them. But you know what? That's only just flicking it on, Annie. You don't really have to do a whole lot there either. That's right. That's right. That doesn't require much of me except sitting on the couch with some saltines and watching a few. Right. <laughs> Isn't that ridiculous? That's my like big treat is uh, is a few saltines. I just think they're the best. Like, when you say saltines, Annie, sorry, this is you're talking to a Canadian girl. Are you talking saltines crackers? Annie? Yeah, 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 saltine crackers. Yeah, they're like my favorite treat. I know like, that's so silly. Salts like soda yeah. crackers, Annie. <laughs> yeah, soda crackers. No, no, you don't understand, Annie. I birthed hey, six so kids good. into the world. No, 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 they're not, Annie. <laughs> Am I, I missing out? Kids into- no, I birthed six kids into the world. When you're pregnant and you feel nauseated all of the time, the only thing you can eat is those saltine soda crackers. Oh, sure. And I, you, you couldn't pay me to eat one now. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll remember that next time you come to Nashville. I will not invite you over. I mean, I will invite you over. I will not invite you over and make you eat saltines. We'll just watch Hallmark movies. Wow. Wait, and did I'll your parents offer other crackers? Like, is that something you did at home where you sat down no, to watch television? Well, you know, I don't eat dairy. I'm allergic to dairy and I don't eat much gluten. So it's about the only wheat I eat. And so I, there's not much else in the food world that's as crunchy like a cracker. So how about popcorn, Annie? I could do popcorn. I cannot stand when those things get stuck in your teeth. The little popcorn kernels. Okay, I, I totally, I hear you. I hear you. Okay, that you part, I'm like, listen, girls. listen, listen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. Um, okay, so the greatest gift is for adults, and unwrapping the greatest gift yeah. is the parent-child book to read together. It's a, it's a family read aloud. We wanted move. something that was accessible. Whether yeah. the kids were four years old yeah. or whether they were 15 years old or whether they were 94 years old. So yeah. it, that we really wanted a family read aloud. But we really, it's been interesting to see how many moms still want the quiet time with the greatest gift themselves. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's, it's reflecting on the exact same scripture as the children's, as the family read aloud. So you reflect on the same That's scripture true. and it just goes a lot deeper with mm-hmm. the, um, and actually when I wrote Unwrapping the Greatest Gift, I just would read my, what I'd written for the greatest gift. And then how do I put this in language how would I say this to before, my kids? How would I say this to my kids? Yeah. And it's exactly what I did. So it's the same kind of, you're hitting the same theology, So, but you get to unwrap it at a much deeper level personally mm-hmm. and then go ahead and share it with the kids. So, Oh, that's so good. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, can we take a couple of minutes and talk about your new book, The Broken Way? Yes, ma'am. Because before we even dive in, I want to ask you this question. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to answer it, we'll just cut it from the recording. <laughs> my wonderful, amazing producer, Chad, can handle that. But were you? was it scary to write a second mm-hmm. book after mm-hmm. the the un- truly and unprecedented success mm-hmm. of 1,000 Gifts? Was that scary? Come here, Annie. Come real close. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I just think um I think it was I didn't I want to steward the trust mm-hmm. of those million plus people that picked up 1000 gifts and what in the world could I ever say right that could steward the trust of those people. <laughs> so yes, I have tiptoed into this um feeling like I'm on holy ground. God did something only God could have done. Goodness sakes. When I wrote that book 1000 gifts I wrote out and they 
in the cabin. I wrote it for an audience of one. I prayed, Daryl and I prayed every night, Lord, please let 7,000 people (laughs) read 1,000 gifts so that Anne's publisher isn't furious. (laughs) Right, right. And and, to think that— I know that prayer. I know that prayer. Right? Like you just, please let us earn out advance so yeah. that the publisher isn't frustrated with me. Yes. And yes. and like a million people on your first book, like I didn't even know yeah. what I was doing, Annie. Yeah. So yeah, I have. And people would like to this. think that we can go, we're always writing for an audience of one. And we are, our heart. I mean, but after the first book, you can't pretend like there aren't people. <laughs> right? right. Like, like it sounds really holy to say it. Every time I sit down and write, I'm only thinking about God, but it's like, well, that's not actually holy for me. What's holy for me is well, considering the people as well totally, as the Lord, and I guess, obviously. I guess, you know what? That was it. Exactly, Annie. I'm, in the last five years, I traveled. I talked to people. When I sat right. down at a keyboard, I thought about the mama whose three-year-old she accidentally run over. Yeah. I thought about the woman whose best friend ran off with her husband. I thought about the mother who watched her son and he took out a gun and killed himself in front of her. Like I, I carried those people's stories with me. So when you sat down to ride again, what were you going to say that, right? That reached out and held them in the midst of their own brokenness. And I think yeah. after writing One Thousand Gifts, my heart just it busted with gratitude for all that I've been given, and it busted for all the people giving thanks in brutally hard places. And I yeah. wanted, I wanted to stand with those people, and I wanted. I wanted to walk through the trenches with them, and I wanted to cry and weep with them, and I wanted to say exactly like Emmanuel, God with you. And I really believe mm-hmm. that withness, W-I-T-H, withness breaks brokenness. That lots of times we say in the midst of places that are full of pain and suffering, I want an explanation from God. Right. And lots of times, more than that, we really want an experience of God. We want an mm-hmm. encounter with God. We want mm-hmm. the hands and feet in G- of Jesus to come and hold us and walk with us and be with us. We don't want to be alone. And I think I think that's where the broken way really came from. Yeah. I heard Bill Johnson from Bethel say um, yeah. his life changed when he stopped asking God why. Yeah. He's like, there's just no reason. It didn't get, it never, you never, when a parent, when a child asks a parent, why can't I go to the movies? They actually don't want to know why they can't go to the movies. You know, like that, they don't need a why. And when we're talking to God, we don't actually need a why. So he's, he instead said, ask, what do you have for me in whatever this is? Yeah, exactly. And I think, I think the broken way was about really looking at three things. Number one, what do I do with my one broken heart? And I think yeah. all of us have a broken heart. I think lots of times we're high functioning with our broken hearts. Right. But all, all of us have an unspoken broken that well, it's pretty hard for us to lay down on the table. So what do we do with our one broken heart? What is the answer to pain and suffering in the world? And how do I live abundantly in the midst of that pain and suffering? Were the three things I was really trying to wrestle out in my own life and then lay down on the page? And I, I think you're right, Annie. You come back and in the midst of suffering and brokenness and and things that sometimes seem completely, literally incomprehensible. And you ask God why. And and this side of heaven, I don't think we we often, we don't know what the answer is. But what we do know is that whatever the reason for that pain and suffering, it is so needful somehow in the story of God, that God Himself is willing to suffer with us, that God Himself is willing to cry with us, that God Himself is willing to have His heart broken with us. And I think um, 
what is that phrase? How's that phrase go, Annie? Tears are the meaning of history, that God, God allows time to keep going on, but He Himself has to experience the grief and the pain and the suffering and the tears with us. And I think there's something, even though I don't understand why this has happened, God, I know you haven't left me alone in it, that you grieve as yeah. deeply as I grieve in it, that the, yeah. my broken heart always breaks God's heart in two. That's the quantum physics of God. And I think yeah. there's deep comfort again, knowing that I'm not alone in this pain, Jesus cries with me, and all of my tears are caught in a bottle. He catches everyone. I don't cry alone ever. Yeah. And you know, that I have to, I, I don't know if you've ever prayed this, you're a better person than me, but I mean, I have recently said to God, I need you to care more than I care. Because I feel like yeah, I'm caring right. the most here. Like, I feel right. like when it comes down to who cares no. about this the most, I feel like I care the most. And I need you to care more than me, you know? And I think, and, but totally. the truth is, and he I think does. That's a, the he, enemy will, would love to convince me that Annie is the only one who is concerned with Annie, that the Lord is not concerned and, with me. Exactly. And I think lots of times I look at what I, what I see as brokenness in my own life where I go like, I'd like this fixed and I'd like the storyline to read like this mm. in this particular instance in my life. Or I need, I wanted my life to look like X, Y, Z over here, Lord. And I think um, I think part of the broken way was to realize, hey, exhale. Mm. I I don't need to be afraid of broken things. This is where God's resurrecting things. This is where God's oh, redeeming things. This is where God is rise, raising up new things and I could stop being afraid of broken things that I needed to fix them because ultimately broken places, I believe, are seed places that as farmer's wife, I mean, it's right there on the cover of the broken way, that, that handful of seeds, of wheat seeds, a wheat seed before it, it brings forth new life, before it, it is resurrected, it, it, it's broken, it's crushed, it looks like destruction. And I have to trust it in places where it doesn't look the way I want it to look like yet, <laughs> it's a seed. And I'm going to trust mm -hmm. that grace takes time to grow, that God is doing something beautiful in the midst of what to me looks broken. And, and I, I want to water it faster, Annie. <laughs> I want <laughs> right? it to grow faster. Right? I want it to yield something today, yeah. now. Yeah, and to right. trust that, you know what, Th this is growing something good in me. And a yielded life yields the most. If I can just and I really, I think that was my journey through the broken way. It was, I realized that's how I got to the last chapter and I'm living it out right now is every time I get uptight about something, I realized, A, I was, I was afraid of a broken thing. Somewhere mm. along the line, I was afraid of a broken thing. And all my anxiety was wrapped up in, I needed to fix this broken thing. Right. <laughs> As opposed to, wait a second, God's got his own timeline. This is a seed. I don't need to fix this thing. He's growing something. And you're right, God, you need to care about this more than I care about it. And he's like, that's right, Annie. I do care about this. This is a seed. And mm -hmm. it, it might look like it's broken. It might look like destruction. But trust me that I'm growing something good out of this mm -hmm. place. And it's, I think as a farmer, <laughs> it's law of the farm. I can't rush anything on the farm. You plant the seed. <laughs> You've got to do it at the right time. You have to wait the whole season. You have to wait till harvest. You can't, you can't hurry that up. You can't make the sky rain. You can't bring sun when you want sun. You, you live in a really surrendered, open-handed place. And I think I think if we can do that when, with the broken places in our lives and trust that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live with an open hand here and trust it's a seed that it's going to grow something far better than I would have imagined and that even mm. I could have cared about. Yeah. I just, I think uh, the majority of us, I think there's something like 3% of Americans are live on farms right now. I know. It's, I think we it's, are yeah, missing you're down to it. 
We are well, missing I think, out. I think <laughs> it, it, has, it has taught me a lot, Annie, about like I get I get crazy anxious about crops. There's times we, we go ahead and we plant and Daryl's like, you know what, if we don't get a, a rain in the next week, we lose this crop. And there's nothing you can do to fix that, Annie. Right. <laughs> and and there's been years where I have I've I remember standing out <laughs> so frustrating some summers, standing out on the front lawn with Daryl and watching watching rain, watching a storm come in and get within two miles of our fields and, and go to the west of us and, then turn. and, not, get a, and get, not get a drop. And me turn to Daryl and I have said to Daryl, does not God not care about us at all? Yeah. And Daryl turning to me and saying, God cares the most about us. So whatever he gives us is a good gift, Anne. Wow. And, 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 and you're like, man, it's his crop out there. And right, he's living in a right. surrendered place. And I think... I think I really realized out of the broken way. I mean, between one thousand, really, the broken way is a sister book to to one thousand oh, gifts. Sure, where, it is. It's, where it is. It is, where, it is you know, exactly you, what we needed next. It is. I mean, it's like you take everything and it's given to Jesus. Takes the bread. What does he do with it? He gives thanks, and then what does he do? He doesn't hoard it. He doesn't eat it. He doesn't consume it. He goes ahead and he breaks it and he gives it. He reaches his hands out and he passes it on. And I think I've, I've realized between 1,000 gifts and the broken way, how do you live broken and given, the most powerful word is given, whether it's mm. thanksgiving, whether it's forgiving, whether it's caregiving, whether it's living given, given not just in the sense of how do I live broken and given, how do I live passing the gifts on and giving them out into a broken hearted world, but also given in the sense of how do I live surrendered to him all the time? How do I live just given to you, God, that I live in this place, this posture of knee bent and hand wide open, that I'm just, I'm given to you, I'm surrendered and a living sacrifice to you. I just, I think in in hard places, when I look and say, hey, God, do you care about this more than I care about this? Yeah. How can How can I live given to him where I'm just completely surrendered to whatever his will is and that whatever he's doing, ultimately, can I say, this is for your glory, Lord, and my good. And I will trust that wherever I am watering the soil of my life with tears, there are more tears shed in this place by you than even by me. Yeah. It, it, you're right. It's true. It just doesn't always feel true, but I know it's true. No, it doesn't. You. And you know, I think that's the important part, Annie, is that it doesn't often feel true. And I talk about in the broken way that feelings are meant to be felt. Yes. <laughs> and emotion emotion is really about it the word in, right in the word is motion movement feel the feelings and bring them to god that's what you're supposed to do feel the feelings and not judge the feeling not squash the feeling not numb out the feeling but feel the feeling and then bring it to god and let him shape it and i think so often you're right these things are true and a we forget them i'm a woman of chronic soul amnesia and b they <laughs> right. don't feel nice okay yeah. <laughs> at all and i think I talk about over and over again in the broken way that koinonia is is the ultimate is really 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 the miracle. Mm -hmm. Koinonia mm -hmm. is fellowship. Koinonia is communion. It's community. We need other people to preach the gospel back to ourselves when we forget the gospel. We need right. other people to hold us when those truths feel the worst. Right. <laughs> when the truths feel like you know what I want to take them and throw them in the garbage and this just mm -hmm. isn't working for me. Mm -hmm. We need community. We need communion with other people to go ahead and, and, and break and give us the gospel again to sustain us in those mm -hmm. places. And I think we have communion and community in places 
where we live broken and given, where we reach our hand out to somebody else and not just give them, hey, this is the truth and these are the strong places in my life and I've got an advice and an opinion for you. But right. can you go ahead and, and give your one broken heart to somebody? Right. <laughs> can you go ahead and be vulnerable with somebody and say, hey, this is me completely unmasked and this is where it doesn't feel really nice in my life right now. And that person can go ahead and say, wow, you are really honest and really vulnerable. I can be transparent and vulnerable too and, and share my one broken heart with you. And in the middle, there's communion and truth and a feast and the sustaining grace of Christ in those places. Do you feel like during the holidays, some of that is more highlighted and some of that is more <laughs> prominent in people's lives? Like, do you feel like I feel like oh, so many people Annie. are going to get the broken way for Christmas and be like, this is <laughs> what I have needed because it's felt broken this entire month. I th- and you know what? I think right now, this season, we've all been in the last six months. <laughs> yeah. Um, Man, 2016, just, right? What a year. <laughs> like 2016, just so much brokenness. And yeah. and the subtitle to The Broken Way is A Daring Path to the Abundant Life. And I, I'm praying that go ahead and pick up the book that you can find abundance in the midst of the brokenness. And mm-hmm. and how do we love? I mean, I just think holidays, holidays are hard, Annie. They call us back to our families and our families at whatever level are broken places. And it just... We, and can we trust each other? Oh, man, mm-hmm. can we trust each other with our broken hearts to be vulnerable and transparent in some place? Sometimes coming home to family and sharing our brokenness is the hardest <laughs> of all. And I think um, the Broken Way talks about how I took the, the pen that I'd written out, a thousand things I was grateful for, and then took that pen and started to, to pick it up every morning and draw a cross on my wrist Um Really just as really almost like an icon, Annie. Yeah. Go ahead and see that 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 horizontal, no, that vertical beam of the cross, all of the gifts come down from God. And then all my thanksgiving, I'm back to that word given again. Yeah. All my thanksgiving goes back to God. But then the vertical beams of the cross, how do I live broken and given? How do I live with my hands outstretched? How do I live cruciform? Because I ultimately think spiritual formation is cruciformation. How am I shaped like a cross? And I think during hmm. the holidays. When we go home to broken places, and sometimes, sometimes going home is exciting and it's fulfilling and it's meaningful and it, we feel embraced by the people we love. And sometimes it does bring up broken things that we we get triggered in ways that it does bring up the brokenness that we'd sort of thought was healed. Um, and can I live crucified so in those places? It uh. is sometimes. It's so disappointing and painful. And you think, man. Let's just get the holidays over. I want to go back to work and just <laughs> skip all of this. But can I live Can I live like Jesus would in this particular situation? Mm-hmm. Can I take a pen during the holidays, during Advent, for the next month? Just pick up a pen, draw a little cross on my wrist. And I think it's intentionality of just not going and getting a tattoo. Right. <laughs> but can I pick up a pen and every day just doing it? Like, so it's the intentionality of, I'm going to choose to live cruciform today. I'm going to choose to live like Jesus, broken and given. So... When I get into rough places, how how can I live given in this situation? Mm-hmm. How can I live surrendered to God in this situation? But how can I literally take what God's given me and give it forward today? Be the gift, G-I-F-T, give it forward today. Take the grace and, and the goodness and the kindness of God, not just random acts of kindness during the Advent, yeah. but actually intentional acts of kindness, living broken and given like Jesus, like a cross, cruciform, in, in hard places during the holidays. And, and sometimes coming home, it's difficult, and it, it, you have to remember, I've been crucified with Christ. Mm. I can take all of the pain of this particular feeling 
experience of home and I could take the feelings. I'm not going to judge these feelings. I'm going to use them at this emotion and move them towards God, lay them at the foot of the cross and just, um, and ask Jesus just to be with us these during the holidays. Yeah. I, I love that you said an intentional act of kindness because we are so yeah. quick to talk about random acts of kindness. No. But no. an intentional act of kindness is different. It's totally different. I think um, so. We've, that's what we've been doing at thebrokenway.com and through the blog every month, the beginning of the month, going ahead and having a calendar for the month or just every day one really simple, simple, simple way to go ahead and give it forward today, to be the gift. I think that's mm. the best gift list there can be is that I will right. get to, after 1,000 gifts, I counted gifts. And I think in the broken way, it's about living broken and given like bread. <laughs> How can I get to be the gift now and give it forward today in really small ways? I think, you know, Annie, this hits on a couple of things. Number one, I think we think, man, I, we live in this, um, the myth of scarcity. I don't have anything to give it right. forward. That's a nice right. idea, but, but you know what? Can I live? Can I crucify that, that myth of scarcity and live into the, the mystery of abundance that the, mm-hmm. there's small ways, even just the ministry of presence. Can I go ahead and smile to everybody today? Can I go ahead and hand out compliments to everybody that I meet today? I just think that actually it's funny. I talk about in the broken way and they did a study at Harvard. What is the best way to de-stress? And they were looking at all these different ways that people could go ahead and they, they did had control groups and, um, and they really discovered that the best way to de-stress is could you go ahead <laughs> and do two acts, intentional acts of kindness every day. So to the, it's like having this miracle in your pocket that you go ahead and you do one wow. kind thing for somebody else and, and de-stress somebody else's day. What ultimately happens is it de-stresses you <laughs> the most. Right, right. And I think it's such, I mean, it's, it's so, so countercultural. It's so upside down kingdom. You think, man, if I'm stressed out of my tree, the last thing I want to do <laughs> is, is I can't go ahead and, and reach my hand out towards somebody else. But I mean, that, that again, it's that, that cruciform that's living upside down kingdom, living like a cross. If I can go ahead and just be one intentional act of kindness to somebody else today. I can, I think we use the language all the time, Annie, of pay it forward. And I think, oh right. no, we can't pay back God, but I could give it forward. Mm-hmm. I could give forward all the gifts that He's given me. If we could just do that one or two intentional acts of giving it forward every day, what happens is it, it de-stresses us. And I think sometimes in the in the dark, and it's easy to get. Sometimes the holidays brings up all kinds of hard things and it's easy to fall into depression and just mm-hmm. perfectionism is so loud in our heads. But if we can go ahead and, and give it forward, I think it, we, the depression wants us to be focused insular and really myopic on all of, of me. But if right, I can go ahead and right. I can, if I can look at somebody else and reach out to somebody else, all of a sudden I'm the one with a smile on my face and all of a sudden I see, you know what? I, I've got purpose and meaning. I, I'm here. I can I can bring a smile to somebody else's face. There's There's things I can do to be a world changer. I think the broken way is so much about, oftentimes we feel in our own brokenness, but that disqualifies us from being a world changer when it's the exact opposite. The broken people have the most empathy with other broken people. And and we get, we can go ahead and bring the most comfort because we know what comforted us in our own brokenness. I think, I think it's really powerful, you know, just to go ahead and say, okay, here, if I go to thebrokenway.com, I'm going to download the calendar for the month of December. I'm going to put it on the fridge or there by my mirror. And me and my people, we're just going to think about how can I just give it forward one small act of kindness intentionally every single day and just be the gift. I think that not only that changes Christmas for us, but I think Annie, our communities, our culture right now is desperate for healing of all the brokenness and divisions mm-hmm. and divides. And each of us could could do that 
if we would live sort of shaped like that cross with our hands stretched out to each other because we all belong to each other and we get to hold on to each other and encourage each other and carry each other through. Yes. I'm like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. just, it's, it's incredible. How do you think up a thing for every day on the calendar? How do you think? That I up? love doing it. Like I did it for 1000 gifts. I had a, a prompt because yeah. sometimes people say like, well, we say there's always, there's always, always, always something to be thankful for. And some people go, you know what? I can't think of one dang thing to be thankful for. Right. And, and we had, we had a prompt. Okay. Three things that you could be grateful for. We have a prompt so that they could be looking because it really Faith changes when we can just change our perspective. Mm -hmm. and, and joy is a function of gratitude. Gratitude is a function of perspective. So we, we gave them that prompt to go ahead and look for things they can be grateful for. And I think it's, it's so often we, we want to go ahead and be world changers. We want to go ahead and reach out and give it forward every day. And we think, I don't know how to do this. So we, we did. We came up with one simple thing. And I think it was really important to come up with things that didn't require lots of money. They required right. more creativity. They required more... I think two things, intentionality and attentiveness. There's somebody in front of you every single day that you can just lean in, smile, and say, I am so glad you're here today. Actually, if you go to thebrokenway.com, we have, I think there's nine or 12 compliment cards that you can print out, cut out, oh, and carry wow. in your pocket that you can just pull out and give to somebody. Even if you don't feel brave enough to say anything to somebody, you can just hand it to somebody. And just things like, hey, I'm so glad you showed up today. The world really yeah. needed you. And I think yeah. if we could just do that for each other and be the gift, I think... Yes, in the midst of our brokenness, we think, I've got nothing. Hey, we can go ahead and tell somebody else, I'm so glad you were here today. Right. Oh, I like that. Okay, thebrokenway.com, you say. Yeah. Okay, I'll do it, Ann. I'll print it out. Uh, you got me. I'm in. <laughs> I, just think, I just think, you know what? Yes, I think there's two things that's happening in the broken way. Yes, I've got all my brokenness. Am I enough, Lord? And He meets us in the midst of that brokenness. Mm -hmm. So I think it's exploring that. And at the same time saying, in the midst of your brokenness, where you think... All you want to do is sort of curl up into a fetal ball, pull the covers up over your head. And I, I write about exactly those experiences in the book. Yeah. Exactly. I felt that kind of deep brokenness. But in the yeah. midst of that, if you can choose to be broken and given, if you can choose to give it forward today, there's you start to your world starts to change. You start to see that not only am I being transformed, but I can transform the world in the midst of my own brokenness. But I think lots of times church is a place where we don't, the church isn't for the suffering. The church isn't for the Christ. Too often in church, we come in wearing masks. And what ultimately mm -hmm. get masked is Christ. If we can come into church and we share our own brokenness and we make it safe for other people to share our own brokenness, and then we reach out and hold on to each other and give the grace that we've received from Christ, give it to somebody else, we do. We start to experience koinonia, community, communion, yeah. which is what we're yeah. all desperate for. We're desperate for connection. We're desperate for community and communion. Because you're right, Annie, We none of us can do this alone. We need each other. Yeah. Girl, you know I live like that. I mean, I, you, you yeah. know as well as anybody that I will yeah. shoot off some text of how I can't do this alone <laughs> without fear. No, and, none, and none of us can do it alone. So, so can we be brave and vulnerable enough to share our brokenness with each other. Mm -hmm. And I think once we share our brokenness with each other, that's what starts to lead us into an abundant wholeness because we realize I'm not alone and all of what looks like the shards of my life can be made into a beautiful mosaic of grace <laughs> that allows Christ to be seen in me. Yeah. Wow. That's good, Ann. Ann Voskamp, girl, you good. You good at what you do. You need to come to the farm and have bacon. Oh, I'm going to. I Well, I know we've said this for years, but I already have it in my heart of when I would like to come this year while I'm working on a project. Really? I'm like, I should, yes, I should go sit at the Voss Camp oh. home 
and you know what bother you have joshua use of my writing and- cabin anytime you want <laughs> oh, okay kind. thank you you can come sit in the writing cabin and write away and I'll, I'll make you bacon and feed you well and you can sit in the front porch swing and all my crazy kids can just Oh, I would love it. Their sides hurt with laughter because they just hung out with Annie Downs. Hey, speaking of, we have one last question um, before we we quit because this is what we always do. Should I break out into hives? Is this going to scare me? Is this a hard? Oh no, it's not easy. It's not. I mean, it's not hard. It's not a quiz. (laughs) It's way simpler than me talking about Canada. Um, (laughs) The last question is because the podcast is called "That Sounds Fun." We just want to know what's something that sounds fun to you today. Do you know what Annie? If you came to the farm, you would find on my counter, and our house is sort of, I'm weird. The house is sort of, the decor is all sort of shaker. I like really minimalistic. No, I love it. Yeah. I like, I like, I like old, but on my counter, in the kitchen, in the midst of everything that looks sort of old and antique-ish and country-ish, I have a great big movie-sized popcorn maker. <gasps> Do you really? And what? I, I will take a picture and send it to you after this yes. because what always sounds fun for me is to have like two and three batches of popcorn always made so that all of my kids at any point in time, anyone walking through the kitchen can grab themselves a bowl of popcorn. And always. you have kept I, this I, a secret from the world. Actually, I mean, it's been a full year. December, I bought it last year for um, Josh and, and or not Josh, popcorn. Levi and Hope's birthday. I yeah. bought a movie sized popcorn maker and I just, it's the best thing ever. The kids have constant access to massive batches of popcorn at all times and i wanted you know kill and joshua at university i wanted them to remember hey anytime i can come home there's always pop hot popcorn waiting at mama's yeah and that is so fun well done (laughs) hey i surprised you didn't i well i know you're fun i'm not worried about that but that having hot popcorn on the regular is pretty impressive it's and i have on top of that i have all my i said i got my my coffee like where you can go ahead and grind your coffee. The coffee yeah. is right there. Everything you need for coffee is right there. So you can have coffee and popcorn all oh, of girl. the time. I love it. Hey, thank you for doing this. Your words oh. are such a gift in written form. I mean, I I love The Broken Way. I loved A Thousand Gifts. And you, you're just such, you're so generous with your words. And so thanks for being on the podcast. And thank you for what you write and what you say. And it just, you're a real gift, my friend. No, I love you to the moon and back. Thank you for being a safe place for so many of us to bring our brokenness, to find love and safety and laughter. Love you to the moon and back, girl. I love you too. I mean, wow, right? Anne is so fun and amazing to talk to. I'll tell you one of my favorite things about her is she has that like funny, silly side that she just hides away sometimes behind her computer and in her farmhouse and we don't see it as much, but I appreciate that she brought that to us as well as just some amazing wisdom and beautiful thoughts and so much about what Christmas means to her and her family. I loved some of her like different things that they do I just thought it was amazing. I apologize to all my Canadian friends for how very little I was able to answer about Canada. I need to get up there, you guys. I've never even been. That's part of my problem. I've never been. So if you're in Canada, can I come see you? Because I've got to get better at my Canadian knowledge. I'm sorry. Hey, I just want to remind you of a couple of things that Anne mentioned. Um, Thebrokenway.com is where you can download all that stuff, read more about the book, get all the things she mentioned. Also, the wreath that she talked about, the wooden wreath that I have, that the girls from She Reads Truth have, pretty much mm, lots of families that I know have, um, is at joywares.ca. 
J-O-Y-W-A-R-E-S dot C-A. That's where you can get the wreath and some other really beautiful pieces that Anne's sons have created, and they're just amazing. So I want you to definitely go and check those out. Hey, as you're checking stuff out, don't forget this wonderful music in the background is from our favorite Dave, Dave Barnes. He has two Christmas albums right now, A December to Remember and Very Merry Christmas. Both of them are amazing and on sale right now. So do not miss a chance to grab up these two Christmas albums. They kind of will become those like, legacy albums that you play in your family's lives for a really, really long time. I remember when I was like six or seven, we were decorating the tree and my dad put on Feliz Navidad and we danced up and down the hallway of our family's house. And I don't know that we ever did that again, but we did it once and I will never forget it. And that song has stuck in my memory and stuck in that memory for forever. And I think some of the stuff Dave has on his Christmas albums could be that for you and your family as well. So week three of the Christmas party, are you having the best time? Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? What else do you need? Is it hot? Do you need to step outside? I get it. That's how it goes at Christmas parties because everybody's all excited and talking. So I am so, so glad you've joined us. Hey, listen, we've got a couple more surprises coming your way. This party is nowhere near over. You're like, but Annie, it's December 8th. We don't have that much time left. I know. We're full of surprises, you guys. You just hang in there. We have got more stuff coming for you at this Christmas party. So what I would love for you to do, even today, if you don't mind, on social media, on your Twitter, on your Instagram, on your Facebook, would you invite some people to this Christmas party? Would you just share a link to your favorite episode so far? The Anne episode, the She Reads Truth episode, the Living with Landon episode, and just say, hey... Annie F. Downs is throwing a Christmas party, and I think you want to be there. So that would be fun. I think it'd be fun for our friends to get to come with us as well. I don't know about you, but the podcast that my friends and I listen to, we always talk about. And we have something to talk about. So listen, when you get to a Christmas party and don't know what to talk about, talk about podcasts. So invite your friends to join us here. Also, go ahead and subscribe if you haven't yet, because what we have coming in 2017 is going to be crazy fun. We're adding some new things. We're not taking away anything you love. Just adding some new elements just to kind of make it even more of a party. Once I start throwing a party, you guys, I don't want to quit. It's part of my Enneagram 7. We love parties and we love being gluttons for things. So we just want all of everything. So I want more partying. So we're going to keep it up. Also, if you pop back over to iTunes and can leave a review, that would be awesome. I'd really appreciate it. So Hey, and don't forget while you're running your errands, we've got, you know, 25 or so more episodes back there that you can be checking out that especially there's a hilarious one with Eddie Koffeltz, some great episodes with Dave Barnes, authors, musicians, best restaurants in Nashville. If you're doing Christmas or New Year's here in town, there's an entire episode about the places you have got to eat um, when you are here. So just check those out. Okay, so the party keeps rolling, everybody. Hey, if you need to find me, I'm embarrassingly easy to find on the internet. It's Annie F as in fancy. Annie F Downs across everything. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat. You name it, that is how you can find me. And tell me how you're enjoying the party. Let's talk about it, okay? So, Annie F Downs. Well, that's a wrap. Not for the whole party. Just for this particular conversation with our friend Ann Voskamp by the Christmas tree. All twinkly and the train running around the track at the foot of the tree. So, let's walk over here. And next Thursday, we'll talk to another friend. I'm really glad you have joined us. I'm having a great time. I hope you are too. And I hope you will go out and do something that sounds fun to you today. We'll see you next week. You're better than Christmas Day. So much better than Christmas Day.